Hi, I'm Anita Annabelle and you're listening to The Good Chat, a podcast with honest conversations all in the name of, well, a good chat. It was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life. One of the biggest things I think I've learned doing from my life is life, life's about giving. It's about giving back. For a while there, we were compared to like the Hilton sisters, which is hilarious when you saw us skateboarding up at Cronulla barefoot. On today's episode, I chat to RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under winner, Keita Mean. Keita beat out nine other Australian and New Zealand drag queens to win the title, and of course, $30,000 to continue her fabulous drag journey. For the 35-year-old, finding drag meant that she could be authentically herself and is using it to inspire others. Drag honestly saved my life. It it was allowing, drag, it was coming out of the closet first and having a couple of friends that I could confide in um, to get there. But then as I started finding drag, it was all the quirkiness, the quirky sides of me that people loved. Just like the rest of us, Keita watched along throughout the season. However, absolutely hated watching herself back. But there was one piece of advice that Rue gave off camera that Keita shared with me. There was a moment where Rue basically kind of just like broke, you know, broke free of like, you know, the earpiece that and 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 just spoke to us. They basically just said, you know, like, um, this is going to be a really fun ride. It'll be what you make of it. Um, do not read the comments because it's just noise that is not going to benefit you, whether it's positive or negative. We talked about her relationship with fellow queen and fellow New Zealander Anita Wiglet, what Rue and Michelle Visage were really like, and what it is now like to be part of RuPaul's history. Here is RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under Season 1 winner, Keita Mean. Keita, congratulations on winning. How are you feeling? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm like, what? Everything, everything that I've uh, just worked towards for the last 11 years just feels like I've just got given the best reward. I just, I, I, I'm so happy and grateful. I just am overwhelmed. Honestly, when they called your name out, I squealed with excitement. I was so excited for you. So I can't even imagine how you reacted to the news. What was it like hearing Rue call your name? Oh, like in that, everything, like time kind of like felt like it went so slowly. It was so weird. Um, when, when Rue said my name, I was kind of like, it took a while to really penetrate my brain. Like it slapped me. I felt like I was stunned and um, yeah, it was weird. I've watched a video of it back now. Um, Someone took a video of it and I can see like all my friends and family like screaming behind me. And I don't remember that happening. I just like, I, I, it's, it's all a blur for me, but like, Oh my gosh, it's just to reflect back on it is just so bizarre. I remember her saying my name and I was just like, I was kind of waiting for her to say all the other girls' names as well. Like, I just I couldn't believe that, like, that, that that was the outcome, that I was the winner and that was the be-all and end-all and it was said and done. Like, it was, it's crazy. It's still, it's slowly sinking in. Yesterday, I couldn't believe it. Today, I'm starting to, like, kind of believe it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few days. It's Tuesday now at the time of recording and you found out on Saturday. So I can imagine that it's still taking a bit of time to sink in. 
I actually loved how gracious you were at the end of the episode. I'm going to read out what you said. To anyone who feels that they're weird and they don't belong and people do not get them, own who you are because those things that people don't get are the things that make you special. I got goosebumps just reading that back to you. Why was it so important for you to get this message across? Well, it's been the overarching thing in my life that has allowed me to get to that point of uh, being on RuPaul's Drag Race and and potentially the, the one of the reasons why I was able to get to a point to win it because um, I I was a very different person. I was I was an angry, depressed, um, unproductive, unmotivated um, human being. I just was. It, it, there was re- very little positivity that I saw in my life and in the energy that I um, gave out. And um, when I when I started to slowly. And, and it's been a journey and it's still a journey. Um, it's not like I'm just like this entity that's like, everything's fabulous. And I just like absolutely exquisitely love myself. Um, but like, it will always be a journey of self-love and self-acceptance. But um, as I slowly have done that over the years, um, and for one, it gets so much easier to do, but the more I do it, the more good comes into my life. So um that's the one thing that has been such a strong narrative in my life that like, it it just, it felt like the right thing to do to just like, Hey, if, if there's someone out there that's listening, that can learn the same lesson, like you can potentially be on your version of RuPaul's Drag Race winning the crown and whatever that is for you, then that, you know, that's obtainable for you. Such an important message for anybody listening. And when you said that you were really angry, when was this? I'm talking sort of um, my, my very early teens. So sort of like when I was like, like anywhere from like 15, even like 14, um, right up until my early twenties, I didn't come out of the closet until I was uh, 21 to my friends to, and only to a couple of my friends. Um, and then when I was 24 to my family, which these days is um, like quite old to come out of the closet. I mean, kids are so liberated these days that they, you know, they often, their, their, their parents like know and accept that they're gay before they even know what that would even mean. Mm. Um, but, you know, there are still, there are still people in, history that have suppressed it for their entire lives and probably some people that have like gone on to live some either very unhealthy unhappy or um you know lives because they haven't been able to for whatever reason live their authentic selves it was it was the early days in my life for sure but it was a very long period of time um and yeah and uh, you know drag honestly saved my life it was it was allowing a drag it was coming out of the closet first and having a couple of friends that i could confide in um to get there but then as i started finding drag it was all the quirkiness the quirky sides of me that people loved in my drag like they loved my lisp it, it didn't matter that like i kind of like walked funny or like you know like had like flappy mannerisms or like sometimes <laughs> like stumbled over my words people didn't care like they just thought it was endearing and I started realizing like people are loving these things that I've always like hated about myself 
Um, so yeah, it, it really changed the game for me. So when you were younger, when did you realize you weren't like the other kids? Uh, I think I always did. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint it. It, it was just always like an, like a, like a, a thing that I always felt, mm. you know? Um, and even my mum, she, she was always like, you know, you're always more sensitive than all the other kids. And like, I was, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint it. It just was always there. I just knew that like I was different and I always felt different. I always felt, um, like I was the total weirdo and I always stood out for the wrong reasons. Um, but you know, humans do, we, we all, we're all so different. Mm. Um, and the sooner we start embracing and loving our differences, like that's, that's really when the world starts to heal. I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes is why fit in when you're born to stand out? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, we were, there's a reason why we're all so different. Exactly. And your story is the epitome of that. And it's so inspiring to watch. So when you came out, what was the reception like in your community? Um, it was, it, it was, it was fine with my friends actually. And it's funny, like I was so worried about it. I was so worried that I would be treated differently or would lose some of my friends or, um, you know, everything, every single thing I worried about didn't happen. And, like I'm, I'm under no um, like delusion that that would be the that 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 would happen for everybody. Like I was very lucky that that didn't happen because the, the fact mm. of the matter is we do still live in a world for one where there are countries where you just literally could not do that. I've mm. got a dear friend here um, who um, has has. Uh, what's the thing like they sought refuge in New Zealand uh, from the Maldives because they, because of being a queer person and um, you know, I'm so proud of this country that we can give refuge to people going through that. Um, but like, I'm, I'm under no disillusion like that. There are countries where you can't and there's situations where you might like lose family or friends. So um, I know it's not, not, always just like an easy thing, like just do it, you know? Um, yeah. but in saying that you have to find a way, you have to find a way that you can one way, shape or form because, um, your life will be so much ha like happier and healthier when you do. So yeah, it, it has to, yeah. Uh, there's never an easy answer a lot of the time. I I'm very, very, very lucky and fortunate and, um, I try to remind myself that all the time because I know sometimes it's just like easy to be like, Oh, go keto, wise words. And it's like, well, yeah, it is, but it, it, you know, um, it's not, it's not, a, it's not as easy as that all the time. I mean, I'm sure it's about individual experience. And I mean, we heard about art and Scarlet in the final episode and how hard it was for them to come out. What's it like hearing those stories about your friends? Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And then again, um, you know, to, to find out that your father finds out you're gay and then you never hear from them again, that would destroy me. I, that would go, that would play around in my head. And, and to be honest, like, I know it probably does. It wouldn't surprise me if that's something they that think about all the time. Mm. Um, you know, th that's, that's disgusting that a human being could do that to 
a human being that they created as uh, like their own flesh and blood. Like that's, that's like, you know, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk in an interview um, calling some, someone's dad disgusting. We can be really disgusting as human beings. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we are also capable of being so loving. Um, and um, it's really a mindset thing. We're so powerful. It's all about like what we just decide to do collectively and, and put forward. So I just really wish, I really wish people could get their heads around that. I mean, what your journey is, is just so inspiring. And speaking of, how did you become ketamine? Because I read it was at a New Year's Eve party and you dressed up in drag for the first time and you thought, oh, I can do this. Is that right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I did do it um, in New Year's Eve. The very first time I did it, though, it was going to um, a nightclub. Uh, which wasn't New Year's Eve, um, but I did do it uh, secondarily after that at a New Year's Eve party, and like all my friends were like, "You are just a total riot! You're hilarious." Um, and but the very first time I did it, my friends just put me into drag, really bad drag, um, and took me <laughs> to the nightclubs. Um, yeah, but it was I really started developing the character, or you know, like the character, but like developing me and drag and being just totally outrageous and over the top um, at that New Year's Eve party when I was around all these people that knew me forever and they were like, who are you? You're like a whole new person. And I was like, wow, yeah. Welcome this is to the party. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and speaking of party, I will never forget meeting you and Anita Wiglet at the blue carpet of the premiere and you two are my absolute favorite hands down i'm not even just saying that you two have been friends for a really long time how did you become a performing duo so we met um we met on k road actually the the photograph that is on um our uh, uh, on the show i've got a photograph of anita and myself on our makeup mirror um and i'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident that's the night that we met for the very first time. Um, and that's an exclusive, actually. No one's actually asked this question. So. Wow, that's <laughs> um, exciting. Yeah. And um, after the, so, and, and we were brand new. Like, we were so new to drag at that point. We hadn't really been in the game for long at all. Um, and we both kind of, like, met and kind of um, – really vibed with each other and then uh and we were just baby queens on the circuit for a small while but then Anita actually moved to um Canada to go to university and um then I started chipping away um doing drag over here and she was doing drag over in uh Vancouver um and then I sort of started establishing myself over here for the next maybe like three or four years um and then she moved back and by that point um I had um uh, I, I started working with my drag mother and uh, Tess Tickle and she had started giving me like hosting opportunities at a bar. Um, Anita was like, Hey, um, I'm coming back. I'd love to like see you. And I was like, Hey, just come and do drag with me. And I got her on and it was just like, it was like she had never left. And we just like loved working together. And from then on in, um, we were just doing anything and everything we could do together. We started doing these like Friday night shows called drag wars. Um, and then, um, the rest is history. Really. We just, we just worked so well together. We just had, um, 
And so funny, everyone's like, oh, you guys are so sweet. But like, when we're together, we are trouble. Like, if especially if we've had a few drinks, like, we're just like ridiculous. We rip each other apart. We say the most horrendous things about each other and everybody else, like to their face, like on the microphone. Like, people will tell you it's like a little bit outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, honestly, when I met the two of you on the blue carpet, I just knew that you were my people. And also, Anita and I shared the same name. So that was really special. I think that's what made your win even cooler was the fact that you're so bloody lovely in real life. So what was the most exciting thing about being on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under and being on the RuPaul world stage? Uh, I mean, the most exciting thing is that I get to do drag on a bigger scale to a bigger audience. I just love to read drag. I never want to, I never want to not be able to do drag because it makes me so happy. Um, so I, I never want to like now, now that I'm on such a bigger stage, it just like the, the, um, the window of it stopping is, is smaller, you know, like I, the, I can just, I know that I can just keep, keep going now. So, um, that's the best thing that I just get to keep doing drag. And what was the biggest challenge about being on the series? The biggest challenge was just getting out of my head and and I almost didn't. I genuinely, people kind of have said to me a lot in the um, interviews I've done that it, it seemed like halfway on, I sort of started getting out of, uh, you know, I started getting into the zone. Mm. Um, but completely honestly, it didn't feel like I really was doing that until maybe like the mm-hmm. last two weeks. Um, and, and like, I, I, I think if it took me any longer, I probably would have wiped myself out of the competition. Cause I feel like I was probably hanging on, on it by a loose thread. And I kept saying to myself, like, come on, like you need to sort it out. Like you, no you are funny. You can do this. <laughs> like, I just like, I was so up here the whole time. When you say you had negative thoughts, was it thoughts like, oh, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I'm not funny enough, and then you kind of switched gears and you were like, oh, no, I can do this, I am funny. What were those negative thoughts about? Um, it wasn't that, I, that it was me thinking I couldn't do it. Um, because I knew I can, I'm, I am so proud of my yeah. drag. I'm so proud of my career. I'm so proud of everything I've done in drag. And it's honestly the coolest, uh, thing I've done in my life, um, is, is be a drag queen that loves doing drag. So, um, I knew I could do it. The, it, it was a frustration that I wasn't doing it. Well, I felt like I wasn't doing it. Um, right. I in drag, I feel like I kind of like snap into this like more outrageous version of myself. And on the show, it wasn't happening. I was still mentally very much just like my boy self, but with caked on cosmetics and synthetic hair, you know? So I I wasn't doing that mental shift when I got into drag and it was, it was like blocking me up to, to not really be free to just be Mm. a party clown. Um, And it was frustrating me, but I knew I could do it. I knew it was in me, but for some reason, and I wasn't doing it and I wasn't able to do it and it was just really frustrating me and, and I, don't know, I don't know what the catalyst for change was yeah yeah <laughs> here I we are maybe, do you know what I think it was I think it was when the rugby boys came in and I then finally had to like give it to him you know like it, it wasn't a case of like doing it selfishly at that point I had to like give him and show him mm. how to do it and then by 
giving it to him, I almost kind of like reminded myself, like, you just have to have fun. You just have to like enjoy it and, you know, just like be free with it. And then I think that's maybe what it was. How spectacular. I mean, I loved that episode. But they were like so masculine in a way that just so was not drag, which I loved. It was so good. It was brilliant. Now, you're probably like me and even more of a fan and have watched RuPaul's Drag Race for years and years and years. Was being in the same room as RuPaul and Michelle Visage intimidating? Yeah. uh, Yeah, it's funny because um, I think definitely there is an element of intimidation but like definitely not intentional um but just because of like who they are and and the expectation that you know they they yeah. want to see um but no the the love that you get from them even without them talking um and this is both Rue and Michelle and even Reese was so loving um it, it just like they, they can sit there and you can just feel um uh, not at ease. You never feel at ease, but you feel love and you feel warmth and you feel respect. Um, and yeah, so it, it's all really good things, but like it is, it's of totally course. intimidating the whole time. You're like, I do not want to let them down. What was the best thing about being on the show? Oh, the best thing about, oh, the best thing about being on the show is just like being on the show. Yeah. It's like the mecca of like where you want to be going these days. It's such like the, like the milestone and um, yeah, the, the best thing is just being there. Like I, I got to like perform and drag for RuPaul, you know, like that's, that's like, you can't, there's nothing better. Um, and then of course there's all the, 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 everything else that comes from that, which is like, I've got a new sisterhood of um, drag friends that like, you know, there's only, there's only 10 human beings in this world that share that experience with me, you know? Um, and, and that's really special. You were obviously watching back like we were watching. What was it like seeing yourself on television? Because I know so many people hate it. Oh, so cringy. <laughs> I hated it. I mean, I, I loved watching the show because I just love Drag Race. Um, I hated watching myself. I just cringe. Every time I'd smile, I had like all these crow's feet streaming down my face. I was like, I need Botox immediately. And I've got such a fear of needles. I had to literally have a free friend of mine like <laughs> do the research for me take me hold my hand distract me and then just before I tried to check it out and they had to do like numbing cream and I was like I could but like I was so I hated those wrinkles I'm like I'm determined to do something about it <laughs> you literally got Botox from watching yourself <laughs> <laughs> it did wonders for my face like I, I'm so stoked with the results I'm like I'll definitely keep doing it <laughs> If there's one thing that you got from winning RuPaul's Drag Race, it's like, oh, Botox does wonders for my face. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now I can get $30,000 worth of Botox. <laughs> You're a real winner, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, someone in like um, a year's time, someone say, so what'd you spend the money? And I'd be like, oh, come <laughs> And your whole face, like, literally doesn't move. (laughs) (laughs) With a drip tray under my chin. So what about your fans? So have you been reading all the comments that people have been leaving for you? Uh, You know what? Um, 
it's, it, I, I tried not to read them as much as possible. It, it was some, it was advice that Rue uh, gave us like directly um, when cameras were off. Um, there was a moment where Rue basically kind of just like um, broke, um, you know, broke free of like, you know, the earpiece that, and, and, and just spoke to us, uh, which we weren't expecting. And, um, they basically just said, you know, like, um, this is going to be a really fun ride. It, it'll be what you make of it. Um, do not read the comments because it's just noise that is not going to benefit you, whether it's positive or negative. Um, really just like focus on what you're doing. So I've tried not to. It's really hard to not do. Like mm. as much as I like was like, yeah, yeah, Rune, I, I will. I You have my word. I won't read the comments. I'm still like, have a little peek from time to time. <laughs> a little um, look. And, and it's like so beautiful. I mean, the I've been very lucky because I have had just like an overwhelming, um, like overwhelmingly positive um, response from people. So um, I feel very blessed because I know some of the other girls have had like a really hard time with some horrible things. Yeah. Um, I've had a few, do you know what's funny? Like you can have like literally a million messages, but you get one and like you just like dwell on it and it's so gross and like and so it's not worth it you know and it sucks but it's such a shame because there's so many people that want to pour so much love onto you um and and it's almost too dangerous to receive it because like if you you know see one of those negative those negative nancy's coming for you it just like really makes you feel like crap <laughs> that is such special advice that rue gave you but I want to know, in the hardest part of your life, which you were talking about earlier, what advice would you give that kid knowing what you know now? Uh, I, you know, it, 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 people have said it so many times in different ways, but it's like the truest thing that like life does like everything seems so heavy in the moment always, but like everything gets so lighter in hindsight. So like, no matter how you're feeling now, um, and I probably wouldn't have even taken the advice. It's so, it's so easy to say it in hindsight, but because it's so obvious after mm -hmm. the fact, but like, no matter how you feel about a situation and no matter how heavy anything feels in the here and now, in one day, in one hour, you know, in one hour, one day, one year, one century, one, you know, one decade, one century, it, everything feels lighter. It's, it's not going to feel, it's not going to affect you as much as it is in the here and now. So what you have to do, the biggest service you can do to yourself is like grit and bear it and get through it. And then like, there will be a brighter day tomorrow for sure. For sure. And if you're listening, this is exactly what you need to hear right now. Such great advice for everybody. So with this incredible win of yours, what are you going to do next? Um, oh my gosh. So the win, um, obviously, as I said before, you know, it just allows me to keep doing drag on a bigger scale. So I'm just going to run with it i'm just gonna like keep getting into drag and performing making people laugh um because that's just what i absolutely love doing it, it's what motivates me to just keep living my best life so i'm gonna just keep doing that um i've released music actually so i released it uh at eight o'clock uh on uh monday night um and it's been so well received people love it it's probably something a little bit different that people were expecting uh, it's a little bit gritty it's a little bit rock and roll but uh, 
produced a full music video. Um, I'm like this like blonde zombie um, screaming down a microphone. It's like a lot of fun. Um, so it's on it's on YouTube. It's called Ketamine, self-titled. Uh, so Ketamine uh, official music video is the title of the YouTube clip. But um, yeah, check it out on YouTube because um, I'd love to know what everyone thinks about it. And, and, we'll I, and, and I have been reading all of the comments. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's like the first time I've like, you know, tried to have like a YouTube account. So um, <laughs> like, comment, share and subscribe. Thank you so much for being on The Good Chat. I am so thrilled to have you here and congratulations once again. Thank you, Anita. And Anita, Miss Congeniality as well. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, and technically like Electra was the lip sync assassin, right? I know New Zealand. There's something in the water. Thank you so much. It has been honestly such a pleasure and congratulations again. Thank you, Anita. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a short but sweet chat. You can stream the entire season of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under on Stan and cheer on Keita as she wins the crown. On the next episode, I talk to Big Brother's Sarah Jane Adams, the oldest housemate to ever enter Big Brother's house in the entire world. And as a bonus, we also have an additional episode next week. I also chat to Neighbours star Tim Kano, who is starring in a brand new film, Great White. And if you like this chat, you can rate, follow and review and follow me on Instagram at AnitaAnnabelle underscore and at the Good Chat Pod. See you next week.